It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, welcome to this Tuesday episode of Live Mike. I am Lee Lonsberry, episode number 210. We're cruising right through them. Thank you so much for being a part of today's episode on the program. Today, we're going to talk about some Hunter Biden emails. We're going to talk about a delay in a subpoena to be uh, voted upon uh, by a congressional committee, possibly delivered to the head of Twitter. We'll see how that shapes up. There was going to be a, a vote today on that subpoena, but it seems to have been pushed back a little bit. Maybe some of the Republicans uh, dragging their feet. That's the claim from Missouri Senator Josh Hawley. We'll get to the bottom of that later on. Also, uh, you heard me discussing this with Maria Chaleos just before the bottom of the hour there, that the White House has sent a representative to Brigham City, Utah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Just a few short hours ago, there was an announcement made regarding some grant funding to help uh, with some of the more rural communities in Box Elder County. We'll be joined by Box Elder County Commissioner Stan Summers to get to the bottom of exactly why the White House uh, is sending folks to Brigham City. A fascinating thing. A good honor there for the uh, for that beautiful community. And later on, we'll, we'll cover some other stuff, including a conversation with the nurse who, get this, has administered 20,000 COVID-19 tests. 20,000 plus. A couple of days ago, I got the 20,000 number. She's likely uh, administered dozens, maybe hundreds more since then. 20,000 plus. You imagine that many nose swabs going up in there? Well, she's done it. Nurse Stockwell will be my guest later on in the program. But first... I want to start with talking about these Hunter Biden emails and some of the back and forth taking place between the intelligence community and intelligence committee chairman Adam Schiff. In fact, uh, Adam Schiff has never been a fan of the Trump administration or uh, or Trump's efforts to get reelected. He recently called to order a virtual unclassified hearing on uh, what he described as, quote, misinformation and conspiracy theories online. The online ecosystem and unwitting audiences that the Kremlin so ably exploited remain vulnerable to unscrupulous homegrown actors who seed and spread falsehoods of their own. If left unchecked, there could be irreversible damage, not only to our nation's discourse, but to how we as a society discern fact from fiction. He then appeared on CNN where he spoke with Wolf Blitzer's Situation Room about the FBI's investigation into emails which appear to show Joe Biden's son, Hunter, arranging meetings which may have resulted in millions of dollars in payments to Hunter. Now, we've talked about this cache of emails, which has come to public light in the wildest of ways. You've certainly heard the convoluted tale of a computer repair shop and an abandoned laptop on which it's alleged there were some damning emails. Well, the FBI got its hands on those laptops last December via a subpoena, and somehow Rudy, Rudy Giuliani is involved. Honestly, I, I have a hard time following the chain of custody of this stuff, and the story seems to be changing uh, now and then, but I am looking forward to whatever the FBI reveals to be its findings. Well, with all that said, Adam Schiff, chairman, again, of the House Intelligence Committee, claims to know who is behind the emails? This this particular smear, though, uh, has also been acknowledged to come from the Kremlin. Uh, and there it is in the Oval Office, another wonderful propaganda coup for Vladimir Putin, seeing the president of the United States holding up a newspaper, promoting Kremlin propaganda. It's really incredible. 
The photo that Schiff refers to there is President Trump. He's sitting at the Resolute desk in the Oval Office holding up a copy of the New York Post and the story which first broke the details of the Hunter Biden emails. Uh, In response to the Russian connection claims uh, to this story, Utah Congressman Chris Stewart had something to say. And it's worth noting, uh, Congressman Stewart is also a member of the Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence. Here's what he said via Twitter, quote, once again, Adam Schiff is using the Easter Bunny as a private intelligence source. There is zero intelligence to suggest that Hunter Biden's laptop is Russian propaganda. Nothing but the absurd imaginations of Mr. Schiff's mind. Uh, Congressman Stewart continues, quote, after four years of lying to the American people and using fabricated intel to support his political party, Mr. Schiff is at it again. Now, Congressman Stewart he isn't the only one pushing back on Schiff's claims. Do you remember the name John Ratcliffe? You should. He was he used to be a member of Congress, and earlier uh, this year he left Congress to fill the role of Director of National Intelligence. Now, this that, that's the position that has authority of over 17 members of the U.S. Intelligence Committee, including the CIA, NSA, DIA, among many others. A little side note here, it was earlier this year that Congressman Stewart himself uh, was being promoted by uh, certain White House insiders to receive the the nod from uh, President Trump to fill that role. Didn't work out for him and ultimately went to this gentleman here, uh, Ratcliffe. And uh, with that said, here is what Ratcliffe had to say in response to Chairman Schiff and his claim of Russian involvement in the Hunter Biden email saga. Some of the people that complain the most about uh, intelligence being politicized are the ones politicizing intelligence. And unfortunately, in this case, uh, it is Adam Schiff, the chairman of the House Intelligence uh, Committee, who, uh, as you pointed out on Friday, said that the intelligence community believes that Hunter Biden's laptop and the emails on it are are part of some Russian disinformation campaign. Let me be clear, the intelligence community doesn't believe that uh, because there's no intelligence that supports that. And we have shared no intelligence with Chairman Schiff or any other member of Congress that Hunter Biden's laptop is part of some Russian disinformation campaign. It's simply not true. And this is exactly what I said I would stop when I became the director of national intelligence. One note about the director of national intelligence is that they do not have authority over the FBI, which is reportedly now involved in its own investigation into the Biden emails right now. And so the question is, who is right? Is it Schiff and those who support his claim of Russian involvement in the dissemination of these emails? Or is it Chris Stewart and John Ratcliffe and those who claim there is zero evidence to support the claim? You and I Honestly, we don't have the tools and resources to make that determination on our own. And we certainly don't have the ability to make that determination before Election Day. And would it even matter? You and I are going to have to decide for ourselves as we fill in the empty bubbles on our ballot. And we can bet that this will come up tomorrow in Nashville as President Trump and Joe Biden face off again in the final presidential debate before Election Day. My ears will be perked up listening to see if this topic here uh, comes up tomorrow as the two candidates for president uh, go toe-to-toe, face-to-face, shoulder-to-shoulder, eye-to-eye, whatever it is, uh, however you want to describe it. Uh, There's a big day tomorrow, and this will certainly be a topic of conversation. We're going to take a break now. When we return, uh, we're going to stick on this topic, but there is an interesting tangent that has spilled. If you remember, when this story first broke on the New York Post, there uh, was all this clatter about uh, what Twitter had done and Facebook. 
Yeah, Twitter had suppressed the ability to share a link to this story. Uh, many claim that that was a form of censorship. Uh, and, and then there were talks of issuing subpoenas to the heads of Twitter, Facebook, and others to talk about exactly what happened. We'll get into those details next on Live Mike. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. You heard Maria Chaleos right there make mention of the uncovered text messages and emails which have been passed between uh, members of Salt Lake City School Board. Uh, well, if you were listening earlier this morning to uh, Dave and Dejanovic, they spoke at length uh, about what they have uncovered in those uh, in those documents, and it, it was a fascinating conversation. And, and the interesting detail there is that it wasn't it wasn't one of us. It wasn't a member of the media that filed the uh, the records request uh, according to state law and uh, passed that on to the the school board and ultimately secured those documents. It wasn't uh, it wasn't a reporter. It wasn't a producer. It wasn't someone like me who sits behind the microphone for a few hours a day sharing my thoughts. Uh, it was a mother. Uh, a mother of five, a mother who has had five children in the Salt Lake City School District. She uh, was concerned. She understood the the process uh, that was in front of her, and she understood uh, how to navigate it so as to get her hands on the information she required. She did exactly that. She received the information and is following a path right now uh, as far as it'll go to uh, to bring to some sort of resolution the the many questions that arise uh, after the findings in these in these documents. Now, the reason I bring that up now, we're going to talk about in a moment Twitter, and we're going to talk about uh, Senate Judiciary Committee, and will they or won't they issue subpoenas to Twitter and Facebook heads? Uh, but the reason I bring up that school board story is the conversation between Dave and Debbie this morning and that mother uh, was riveting. And I invite you to go back and listen to the podcasted version of that. You can do so on the KSL News Radio app. It's available. Wherever you download uh, your apps on the iPhone or the Android, whatever phone you have, powered by any hour service, uh, you, you go on there. You can listen to the programs, uh, both the ones on the air right now. Uh, there's also a video link on there. You can see I'm waving right now. I'm waving at the which one? Camera one, two. Uh, okay, there it is. There it is. I'm, I'm waving at the camera. Uh, there I am. And uh, you can you can listen to live programming. You can also go back and listen to the the podcasted episodes. And uh, thirdly, a wonderful resource there is you can read uh, the writings of the uh, powerful reporters we have at KSL News Radio, and we are uh, covering that story of the uh, the uncovered text messages and emails, uh, plus a whole slew of other stories uh, important for you to know. So KSL News Radio app, give that a download. Uh, enjoy it. Again, powered by Any Hour Services. Okay, we spent the last segment talking about uh, the, the Hunter Biden email saga, and specifically the back and forth between uh, Adam Schiff, the uh, chair of the House... Intelligence Committee and the Director of National Intelligence. Uh, Adam Schiff claims that uh, it's, of course, the, the Russians who are behind this. Somehow they're involved. That's his claim. They're involved in this smear, as he called it. Well, uh, the Director of National Intelligence, who, as you remember, uh, is in charge of some 17 intelligence organizations here in the United States, including the CIA, uh, the DIA, the NSA. Plus 14 more. So if anyone understands uh, U.S. intelligence and U.S. intelligence findings, I'm going to put my money on the director of national intelligence. I don't know. That's just me. That's just me. Uh, I, I may be wrong. Who knows? 
uh, and you and I, we really aren't in positions to get to the bottom of this uh, right now and certainly not able to get to the bottom of this before Election Day. So it's going to have to come down uh, to our guts and what matters to us and what uh, will ultimately inform our decisions uh, either with the, the, the ballots that we have, mail-in ballot style, or going to the booth, however it is you cast your vote, uh, this will be a factor you have to consider. And, and last, last word I'll say on this, it is sure to come up in tomorrow's debate. We're going to talk about the debate at greater length later on. I want to hear from you some of your thoughts there uh, with some upset from the Trump campaign regarding, regarding uh, the exclusion of, uh, of like foreign policy as one of the six uh, predetermined topics to be covered on the debate. We'll get into that later on. I'm sorry, I'm distracted here. Uh, what I want to talk to you now about is uh, something that arose a few days ago. And I first heard uh, about this after hearing a comment from Senator Ted Cruz. When this Biden email story first broke in the New York Post, it was uh, immediately uh, shared on social media far and wide, Twitter and Facebook. Uh, you could find it there in the very first moments after it was posted by the post. And then, and then something that people started to notice was that it became impossible to share that link. That Twitter uh, had, through its you know smart person algorithms, whatever, had uh, made it such that, or made the situation such that you couldn't share uh, or retweet or post or whatever verb you do with Twitter, you couldn't share that article. You couldn't share that article. Now, what does that mean? Are there consequences for that? Uh, were any laws broken? Uh, was it merely uh, an effort to suppress or censor? Who knows? But to get to the bottom of it, there were a number of senators, in particular those members of the Senate Judiciary Committee, who thought it would be important to issue forth subpoenas. Subpoenas. That's a, that's a, a congressional mandate. To get yourself to Washington, D.C. or onto a Zoom call and uh, you chat with us because us senators, we have some questions for you. Here's what Senator Ted Cruz had to say about that. Chairman Lindsey Graham and I have discussed this at length and the committee today will be noticing a markup on Tuesday to issue a subpoena to Jack Dorsey, the CEO of Twitter, to testify before the Senate Judiciary Committee. Okay, so what does that mean? Th- that was said a few days ago, and uh, when when he says noticing a hearing, it means that's just like a formal thing that Congress has to do before it calls a hearing to order. You have to make uh, known publicly that you intend to call a hearing, and so you have to put out uh, a, a notice, and there's a certain way of doing it. Uh, it's just a box that needs checking. Uh, but then you hear he said that today, Tuesday, the committee would be voting on whether or not to issue a subpoena uh, to specifically uh, Dorsey of Twitter. Well, things have changed a little bit. Things have changed a little bit, and it uh, looks like today's hearing will not include a vote on whether or not to issue a subpoena. Here, though, again, is Senator Cruz on why he felt it was important. Never before have we seen active censorship of a major press publication with serious allegations of corruption of one of the two candidates for president. Senator Josh Hawley from Missouri. So when you hear from uh, more and more these days, he's a member uh, himself of the Senate Judiciary Committee, and he himself reiterates why he feels a subpoena is needed. The attempt to rig an election, which is what we are seeing here by monopolies, is unprecedented in American history. 
Uh, Senator Hawley today, though, has said he views a number of his Republican colleagues as dragging their feet on the matter. And so, again, it's not likely that a vote on subpoena will come today, maybe Thursday, uh, but not today. Uh, Last word on this uh, coming from Senator Lindsey Graham, who chairs the Senate Judiciary Committee and ultimately would have control over whether or not a vote like this uh, was called for in the in the committee setting. Uh, He talked about the, the control these companies have over information. The power behind these platforms have been taken to a level that truly is dangerous, I think. The stopping Americans who have these tools available to them from exercising their ability to share information with their friends. Senator Graham spoke at greater length about that here recently, acknowledging that no, today there will not be a vote on uh, whether or not to subpoena this individual. But he did talk about that a later planned vote would also target Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg. So it is possible that the the committee could soon consider bringing before itself not only Jack Dorsey of Twitter, but also uh, Mark Zuckerberg. And then the question is, uh, was it wrong to suppress, as the two platforms did, the New York Post article? Or is it simply the prerogative of uh, of a social media platform. That gets into that whole publisher, not publisher question, and uh, we'll certainly uh, get into that debate later on here on this program someday. Uh, but today's not the day. Uh, almost time to take a break. Can I tell you one last thing on this story before we go? It's not exactly an I told you so or look how smart I am, but it is certainly an explainer brag. You see, if you remember when this story first broke, I noticed that I came became aware of it initially because uh, not not because it was shared with me, but because of the Twitter ban. That's the news that got it to my attention, and I predicted that that only amplified the coverage, uh, due in part to something called the Streisand effect. Well, MIT got smart, did some studying, and proved that yours truly was exactly right, citing even the Streisand effect as they proved uh, their findings. Quick break. When we come back, why did the White House go to Brigham City? That's ahead on Live Mike here on KSL. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.